0: Welcome once again to the Hunt Backcountry Podcast. This is episode number 225, and we're speaking with Garrett Stoddard from Burger Bullets. So last week in episode 223, we talked with Brian Litz about external ballistics and understanding ballistic coefficients, and more about the science of bullet flight. Today we're transitioning and talking more about terminal performance. So how does a bullet perform when it impacts big game? How is it designed to perform? And what does ideal performance look like for a Berger bullet? Garrett is an engineer with Berger currently and has studied uh, in his past and continues to study terminal ballistics and is a great resource, being not only an engineer, but also a hunter himself. So this is a conversation I was excited to have to understand terminal performance of bullets more about the different schools of thought on terminal performance, how it's studied, and how Burger designs their bullets to perform on big game. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can check out more about this podcast by going to exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast. You can also contact us directly with any questions, comments, or feedback via email to podcast at xomountaingear.com. But right now, let's dive right into this conversation with Garrett from Burger Bullets.
1: So, I'm actually originally from Idaho. I was born and raised in Lewiston, Idaho. Um, You know, grew up doing quite a bit of shooting and hunting, more than I would say for for an average kid. Uh, Always pretty fascinated with, you know, being in the woods and mountains and the adventure of hunting. And really felt like the lowest hanging fruit for me to become a better hunter was to become a more advanced shooter. Uh, you know in terms of effective distance and ability uh, and you know that's kind of a rabbit hole it doesn't take long for your hyper focus on it um, so I went to uh, I went to college uh, studied mechanical engineering at LC State up there uh, in Lewiston and I was pretty fortunate to join the R&D engineering team at uh, CCI Spear um, so did quite a bit of work there uh, on design and development of bonded and jacketed centerfire rifle bullets, uh, and then uh, and, you know gained some really good experience, learned a lot there. Spent a lot of days, and weeks uh, making bullet samples and shooting ballistic gel, and shooting FBI protocol tests your barriers, and you know taking animal bones, molding those into gel, and shooting that, and. So I learned a lot about terminal performance, uh, you know, in, in my time there. Um, and then, uh, just a little bit over a year ago, I had a opportunity to join the, the burger team here and, uh, jumped on it. So awesome. now I'm a, now I'm a resident of uh, Arizona.
0: Yeah. Cool. It's a little bit different than Idaho.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot different, but uh, yeah. How, how does the hunting kind of compare? Obviously me being up here in Idaho down there, I mean, you can't hunt every year, is that right? That's, With elk and stuff. That's correct. Yeah, it's it, it gets difficult uh, to 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 draw some tags. Uh, you know, it's a point state, so um, you know I'm really I'm am gathering points now for the Arizona Strip Mule Deer tag, so I'm I'm really happy about that. But uh, uh, yeah, i I'm, I have my lifetime license in Idaho, so I've I've been getting back there and doing some hunting. Yeah. Just because. The opportunities aren't as abundant here so
0: mm. we uh we obviously talked with brian last week and that conversation you know focused on bc and um you know ballistics in terms of external ballistics bullet flight and i'm excited to kind of dive into more terminal ballistics with you um but you know i just i'd love to hear we didn't hit anything on obviously brian works with burger but we didn't hit anything on the kind of the background with the story of burger um what is that? Like what is the origins of Burger? I'm some guys might be familiar with that, some guys might not, but I'd just love to hear kind of more about the the origins of it and kind of the um the company itself.
1: Sure. Sure. So um you know, Burger was founded by by Walt Burger. Um and a lot of people don't know that that's that's actually his last name. So uh he he was a bench rest shooter originally. Uh so he started out making bench press bullets like by hand in a garage, literally. Um, and you know, it kind of came, came to be that he understood that the, the most important part of, you know, a, a precise bench bullet was jacket concentricity. So that's something that we feel we do a very good job at. Um, you know, every, every lot of jackets is monitored in process for the total indicator run out. Um, wow. And that's kind of been the staple, you know, the, the J four jackets. I don't know if you've ever seen that term on any of the product pages on, on the burger website, but that's kind of uh that's kind of been the staple for, for, for burger bullets as a company. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of still got that, that, um, you know, family business appeal. Like our, our plant manager is actually Walt burger's grandson. Um, so yeah, we're, he has been he's been in the bullet business longer than anybody I know since he was a little kid making bullets in his grandpa's garage. So um yeah. We um you know we're we're partnered with some other brands now at this point, but um, that's kind of a, a quick quick over you, quick background. Yeah. I, no, I
0: like it. So as we you know, as I mentioned that conversation with Brian was on external ballistics and uh, ballistic coefficients transitioning to talk about terminal ballistics uh i don't have like a scientific scientific definition sounds like you you know have worked on terminal ballistics uh very in depth to me it's just terminal ballistics are um how a bullet essentially performs when it reaches the target obviously in our case that's going to be on game animals and hunting but how would you kind of define or explain terminal ballistics um for guys
1: yeah, I think, I think the, you know, the quote unquote definition, you kind of nailed it. It's just, it's just the effect of a bullet on it, on a living target, right? Terminal just means death, dead, right? Um, it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated. Um, if you want to make it more complicated, I guess, if that makes sense. It it can definitely be researched, you know, I mean, most people rely on in the field experiences or, you know, they, they really like the way a bullet performs, and so they continue to shoot that bullet. Um, there's a lot of material out there and a lot of studies out there on, you know, bullet performance, terminal ballistics. Um, but the, the problem is that most of the material out there is is written at a very complex level. Like, there's a lot of energy decay calculations and other metrics that people don't really care to remember or study like there's a paper written out there it's called ballistic pressure wave contribution to rapid incapacitation it's great and it it actually is very reflective of terminal performance on animals but like 99 percent of hunters are going to get a paragraph into pressure wave hypothesis and going to hit close tab you know because they're they're just (laughs) not interested in getting that that in so for, for all intents and purposes, there's really, you know, two ways of looking at terminal performance for hunters. And, you know, it's something that you kind of already mentioned a little bit. But, uh, you know, you have a, you can have a hard-hitting, solid, constructive bullet, you know, with deep penetration or um, a bullet that's a little bit... People like to say that a bullet's a little bit softer, but um, the violent... Expansion, you know, explosive performance is actually um, characteristic of a jacket that's hard and brittle. And we can get a little bit more into that. But um, that's kind of that's kind of the two ways I would say that hunters are going to look at terminal ballistics, terminal performance, in my opinion. And I think those are the two easiest ways to look at it. Is it safe to say Burger falls more into the violent expansion than? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's been kind of my what I've picked up anyways. Yeah, okay. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hit on it. It seems, I don't know if it's an oversimplification, but um, it just seems like there's kind of those two parallel schools of thought or opposing schools of thought, I should say, of, you know, wanting weight retention, wanting deep penetration versus wanting something that's just more um, explosive, kind of hat. like guys will use the word shock, right? Uh, okay. You kind of hit on like the wave, if you will. Is it, is that true? Like from, so you've obviously researched this, you've studied it. You said even at your time um, with Spear, for example, you were doing all kinds of testing. Are those two philosophies, if you want to call them that, is that fair to even have those two philosophies or is it just not that simple and clean?
1: No, I think, I think for, for the hunting community, those are, those are the two philosophies, you know? I mean, there's just even... In my experience with working with multiple bullet companies, that's that's like what they live and die by. Is well, this is the kind of bullet we make. If that makes sense, mm. um, and and it seems like, in my experience, they don't have any interest in making the bullet that does the other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a Chevy Ford type type rivalry.
0: Right. Gotcha and both i guess to keep that analogy going both can get the job done um, why is it uh, that burger is more of in that explosive category if you will is that just what they choose to want to make and you know again both can work depending on what a hunter wants to choose and burgers just they've decided on this is the type of bullet we make is it more to it than that
1: so a lot of it just came about because you know burger started as a target target bullet company Um, we talked about, they started out making bench rest bullets. Um, then, you know, some more people got involved. Brian got involved a long time ago and, um, obviously he's a long range guy, you know? Uh, and so they started making higher performance target bullets and people realized, holy cow, these things work really good at distance. You know, they're incredibly consistent. Um, and it doesn't take long before people are, are taking shots at animals, you know, and use them to hunt because they're, they're com- they're comfortable with the, the, that bullet. They like it. They like the way it performs externally. And what they found out was holy, like, Holy cow, these things are incredibly lethal too. And they don't perform like traditional, you know, 1950s technology, super tough bullets, but they, like you said, they get the job done and at the end of the day how how dead is dead right i mean Mm. if you don't have to track it that's kind of that's kind of a win in our book
0: yeah so i'm glad you hit on tracking um you know one thing that is an argument for a different type of bullet like you said something that's heavier construction higher weight retention more penetration is it's can be easier for a tracking job if you're getting two holes and blood trail and all that but you mentioned not having to track, so is is part of the philosophy of um, Burger Bullets and their performance just so explosive and kind of that dead right there type mentality where hopefully Bullet does the job, you don't have to track. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I would say I would say so. I mean, I think I think really to to analyze you know these two types of of um, terminal performance, you got to think about the ways that a bullet kills, in my opinion. So number one, physical blood loss or hemorrhaging. So either internal or external bleeding, Uh, asphyxiation. So, you know, poke a hole through lungs or an airway leads to the lungs and they fill up and oxygen deprivation. Uh, Vital damage, which is is also similar to blood loss in some cases, because, you know, that's a lot of the reason why vitals fail is they don't have blood. And then the last one, which is uh, pretty key in this situation, or our situation, is central nervous system damage. And that's the only time that something drops instantly is if there's central nervous system damage. You can poke a pinhole through lungs all day, and an animal is not going to drop right there on the spot. So that's kind of where the burger bullet, I think, in a lot of instances, has an advantage is it has a higher opportunity for to hit on all four of those those levels on a how a bullet kills. And part of that is because purely because of penetration. Like the ideal performance for a burger bullet is is no exit. Right? I mean we want it to go in, most cases it's like three to four inches and then like you said, that that jacket is thin and it's so hard that it just comes apart in a in a violent expansion, and you've probably heard people use the word energy dump, and I think we might even have that on some of our social posts and stuff like that. But that's that's kind of the goal. Like if you think about those those bonded bullets or those plated bullets, um, heavy constructed bullets, and they penetrate through both sides of the animal. Yeah, two holes is better than one and more blood is easier to track. But when that bullet went through the animal, it took a ton of energy with it, a lot of energy that wasn't transferred. And if you could know the speed of the bullet on exit, it'd be very easy to calculate the energy that it that it took with it. Um, But if your bullet doesn't exit, then you transferred it all to the animal, if that makes sense. That's where you get the the intense pressure waves that create the central nervous system damage and that's where you get the dead right there um, results
0: yeah so as i'm like mentally picturing that you said and i do want to talk about like jacket design jacket materials and all that but the the jacket's thin and hard and it's separating so the material itself is call it explosive if you will but then as you said there's like not only the material is creating this um explosiveness but there's just the energy itself kind of that the idea of a wave right of something that energy from a central point being the bullet and then expending itself and like expanding within the animal and that's also causing damage not just the material but that actual energy dump uh, as you said it
1: yeah yep exactly and um that i know i understand that's that's a hard thing for a lot of people to picture um One really good example of that is so we just released uh the six millimeter 108-grain Elite Hunter uh last Monday, I think it was. And if you go to the burger website and you look on the product page for that product, we um have a YouTube video there from some of our testing where we got high-speed footage of a gel block impact with that bullet. And I mean, you know, a lot of people have, have seen videos of, of gel being shot and I'm not saying gel is the end all be all of terminal performance because it's not, it's just a tool to evaluate and compare uh, bullets. But if you, if you've ever seen a gel block shot, boom, impact and the, the block is settled like before you even look back through your scope to look at it, it's, it, it, it jumps or, you know, you know, it comes off the table and then it, and then it's done. There's a lot of stuff that happens in that instant that, that you just can't see without high-speed footage. So if you go look at that video, it's like 58 seconds, if I remember right, of less than a second of real time. And you can see what that energy is doing to that gel. And it's pretty incredible. Mm. I mean, it's incredible.
0: Check that out, yeah. Is there you know we talked about these two philosophies uh, of the bullet and what ideal performance is and how there's how they're constructed. Going along with that, I think uh, there's two different then schools of thought on shot placement and when it comes to game. Um, you know, some guys want a high shoulder or something, and they're probably going to obviously tend to choose uh, a more bonded and harder structured bullet some guys are going to go into the, you know, called the boiler room or the lungs, whatever you want to call it. Then with burger being more of a explosive um, bullet, does that lead to then recommending that guys stay away from the shoulder, for example, and then that energy is then placed straight into the vitals versus having on bone penetration?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of opinion uh, that goes into that, that decision, right? I mean, there's 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 guys out there that they they think that an animal is a is a four wheel, you know, um, vehicle. Right. Like you take out one wheel, it's going to have a hard time getting away. I hear people talk about that. Um, but if you think about it, that shoulder is is another barrier. Right. In between your impact and the vitals, which pretty much everybody is shooting for. A bile. everybody has vital damage in mind at some point or another mm. on impact um and that that shoulder muscle and that scapula you know the, you know there's a portion of the bone that's actually uh lateral you know it's sticking up so there's and on a, on a large animal that's a pretty substantial barrier like on an elk or a moose that's a lot of that's a lot of dense tissue um to have to penetrate and then rely on your performance of the bullet once it's inside the, the, you know, like the chest cavity. Um, I would say in my opinion at distance, probably try to stay away from the shoulder. Um, you know, it's just so much easier. It's so much softer material right behind the shoulder, you know, ribs, you know, in my experience shooting ribs, like in jail, they're, they're pretty weak really they're very easily penetrable and behind the shoulder even then it's like a 50/50 shot whether you're gonna hit one or not you could slip it between the ribs um, that would be that would be my recommendation with a burger bullet
0: you mentioned uh, at range I'm kind of curious one of the points I want to talk about was the performance of burger bullets at shorter range/ slash higher speeds uh, versus at longer range and you know slower speeds. So just maybe talk about that. Um, obviously a lot of guys who are into the longer ranges um, are shooting burgers for high BCs and for that performance, at long range, but uh, how does a burger perform at short range? And then maybe talk as well about maybe just the different characteristics of uh, bullet performance at higher speed impacts versus lower speed impacts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. So as far as, the burger bullet performance, you know, at short range, which we should really, we're talking about range, but we really should be talking about velocity impact because that's what has the biggest effect on on the performance of the bullet. So at short range, that's when you're going to get your most explosive performance because speed is, high speed, I should say, is not a bullet's friend really in terms of holding together or staying together. And unless you move to like a very heavy, heavy duty plated or bonded bullet or a solid bullet, almost every bullet is going to kind of come apart in some way, you know, at really high speeds. Like, you know, for example, some of, you know some of the newer cartridges that are that are coming out in the last few years are are built for long range hunting because they want. Like a normal velocity on impact, so they have to start at a higher velocity. Like twenty-eight nozzle, for example, it pushes our, our burger one ninety-five at almost thirty-two hundred feet a second. That's that's incredibly fast for that heavy of a bullet, and and a twenty-yard shot with that type of bullet velocity is going to be pretty explosive. And then speed also causes bloodshot. Um, you know, and that's that's a product of what's called hydraulic shock um, instead of hydrostatic shock. And that's due to the, the the volume of the temporary wound channel that's created. So, you know, we've all seen the, the video of the gel block. Uh, you shoot it and it swells up very big and then it comes back together. So that, that's called the temporary wound channel. And if you think of, you know, veins arteries blood vessels all that stuff it's it's one big big purged hydraulic system so when you displace that amount of volume it, it ruptures those veins and those blood vessels and that's how you get bloodshot and that that temporary wound channel seems to be kind of bigger at higher velocities um and 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 going out there, you know, at, at range or at a lower impact velocity, you just don't see that that volume as much. Um, and you're going to get a little bit more penetration before expansion, uh, just because it takes more force at a slower speed to to get that bullet to open up. And typically, what we're we're seeing with the Berger bullets is. Sp- 16 to 700 feet per second is, is about the cutoff of where you're going to open that bullet up in, in soft tissue, um, you know, through a, a heavy constructed bone. Um, that's going to be a different story, but that's kind of where, that's kind of where we're at with our hunting bullets.
0: Yeah. I guess so let's, let's hit on jacket design. We've touched on it. Um, we've talked about it, but let's really dive deep into it. Cause I know that it's core to understanding not only performance burger bullets, but even I think some of the differences between the models of burger bullets, right? So, um, let's hit on that jacket design and maybe you can get a little more product specific and talk about, uh, the different jackets that do exist in the burger line and what that means for performance in terms of hunting.
1: So the, the biggest difference in, in the burger models is going to be, you know, the profile of uh, the jack, and also the jacket geometry. Uh, you know, so f- for hunting bullets, we have, we have classic hunters, we have elite hunters, we have VLD hunters. Um, all of those bullets are built on a very close variant of what we call our hunting jacket. So there's, um, some jacket taper and, um, and thickness things that I can't really, uh, dive too deep into. Um, but, w- from our experience, the thinner jacket uh, aids in the in that that violent expansion, you know, like we're targeting uh, a little more. Uh, but classic hunters are are developed for magazine feed applications. Like They're developed to be loaded to the book at Sammy's uh, Sammy cartridge overall length and function in every gun and still be relatively high performance. Elite hunters. Not all elite hunters are going to be able to be loaded to, you know, Sammy Cole and, and that's okay. Most guys, you know, especially long range hunters aren't, aren't really doing that. Um, but both of those are hybrid o and that's one thing I think it's really important that it, it doesn't have as big of an effect on the terminal performance of the bullet. Um, all of these, bu- all of the burger bullets perform very similar terminally, um, the hunting bullets anyway, but having that hybrid ogive is pretty critical in the aspect that it, it's quite a bit easier to load and tune to a rifle.
0: I, I want to dive deep into that, but can you explain what the Ojive is for guys who might be uh, a little bit lost there?
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. So the ogive portion of the bullet is, is the radius of the nose. So you know, your, your bearing surface is the cylindrical part of the bullet, and, and for everything in front of that is considered the O-Jive. So from bearing surface to medium block. Um, and, and hybrid o they're a blend of a tangent radius, which is what comes to a tangent point at the bearing surface, and a secant radius. Um, and and that makes them high-performance projectiles. And at the same time, like I said, they're very easy to load and tune to a barrel. They're, they're very jump tolerant. You can load them down, you can load them long. Um, they perform very well at uh, at uh, all seating depths. And that's where they differ from the VLDs. So they're built on very similar jackets, but the VLDs are a secant radius ogive only. Um, and that creates more of a sharper point at the the transition from the OJAD to the bearing surface. And that makes them, in some cases, quite a bit more difficult uh, to tune to a barrel. So, and it's really, there's no explanation on what barrels like VLDs and what barrels don't. Um, I, I have a very good friend who absolutely loves them. Um, him and his wife in the last couple of years have been very fortunate to take, uh, um, four very good bulls with our 140 VLD. And they're, they're more than happy with them. Uh, and some guys after a month of working with them, they want to throw their rifle in the river. They, they can't get them to shoot. <laughs> uh, and it's all, it's all seating depth where that's what, we don't have that issue. Um, the hybrid ogives if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So there's a bit more forgiving, uh, but you're giving up, what are you giving up i guess by going to a hybrid a little bit more of the external ballistic characteristics
1: so when when the hybrid ogi first started um in some cases yeah you were you were giving up some external external ballistics hybrids have come a long way now um and in some cases our hybrids are actually higher performance than some of our vlds so uh, that's one thing i would really recommend to to somebody is 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 look at that elite hunter look at that classic hunter um you know the vlds might work good in your gun um uh, but they might take a little bit more work to to tune and seem to have really good luck with something that has a hybrid drive like an elite hunter or a classic hunter
0: so yeah diving diving back to jackets what are the differences Then um you said pretty similar performance They're the jacket design across those is pretty consistent. It's more the the profile of the bullet then,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely so all of our hunting bullets, like i said they're they're made with a um, what we call our hunting jacket and um there's a few taper differences between those and our and our um our target jackets but most of it is just simply thickness um our target jackets are quite a bit thicker and so they tend to uh, not expand the way that we want to uh, especially at lower velocities um, if that makes sense
0: yeah if a jacket's thinner moving at lower speeds less external call it force or disruption but if it's thinner um it can break down, essentially, using non-scientific sure. terms. It yeah. can break yeah, down easier yeah. and have that explosive effect.
1: You nailed it, yeah.
0: Okay, makes sense. Um, and then, so beyond the jacket, the core of these bullets is pretty similar designed, and this is, I guess, talk about that. That's um, a lead core. Obviously, we're not talking bonded, but talk about, I guess, the rest of the kind of the construction beyond the jacket.
1: Yeah, sure. So... For, for our core material we use um, a low animal, animal percentage lead um, it's it's pretty commonly used in the industry really uh, it's it's just because it's so easy to work with uh, it's it's pretty soft um, I mean all all lead soft uh, and that allows us to get a good cohesion I don't want to use the word bond because it's not a bonded bullet um, so I'll use cohesion but between the core and the jacket so in our core seating process, um, you know, when we, when we compress the core into the jacket, um, that soft material expands to the sidewall of the jacket very, and, and holds it there very well. And that's, that's another um, big aspect of the, the precision that we see with the burger bullets is it's a, you got to think of it as a, as a balance issue. Like, you know, the, the, Best example I can use, and I use it all the time, is um, balance weights on the wheel and, and tire of your car. Right, um, you know, you, you go buy new tires and they have to be mounted and balanced. Um, it's the same way with a bullet. Right, it's it's rotating around an axis, and if one side is heavier or not as heavy as the other, uh, it's gonna it's gonna start to wander. Um, it wants to go one way, and usually it's the way that that your rifling's spinning the bullet, but that's, that's a, that's another rabbit hole that we don't need to get too into, but, (laughs) but uh, yeah. And that, it seems to work pretty good for us. uh, You know what we got going.
0: Talk about the, the open tip design, you know, it's plastic and polymer tips have become so common these days on so many different bullets. And you guys have always had that open tip design. Uh, Maybe discuss the, the benefits of that, kind of the design intent there. And, um, you know, I, obviously you've purposely not chosen to to go with some sort of um, plastic polymer tip. Is that just simply not needed? Or I guess just discuss that whole point there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So part of that is, like I said, Burger traditionally has been a target bullet company. And um, in that aspect, open tip design bullets are just as effective as tip bullets for target for target applications um, for hunting applications the tip on a tipped bullet is designed to either break off and and basically present a larger uh, MEPA or frontal uh, nose to the target which would would be your animal in that case or they're designed to drive back into that larger meat plot and initiate expansion, and that's something that you need on like a heavier constructed bonded bullet that has a thicker jacket. Um, the thicker the jacket, the more it takes to open it up, right? So, in our case, with our thin jacket, and you know, we're trying to we're trying to not have an exit. We're trying to transfer all the energy we can on impact um at this point we don't feel that we need uh, a tip for that makes sense yeah makes a
0: lot of sense you hit on the different bullet lines and it's that's helpful just kind of that like uh summary there between classic hunters elite hunters and vlds and what the differences are um i i've seen a lot of like questions slash confusion on what burger do i need they all look pretty similar what do i how do i know and i think you summarized it well that you know, the Classic Hunter is great if you're sticking through traditional links and things like that. The Elite Hunter, um, you can kind of extend the links still that hybrid O-Drive. Um, and then the VLDs are uh, going to have that different O-Drive. Talk about the bullet, uh, the selection of weight um, for burger bullets. I I'll often see as the burger comes up in conversation, guys are saying go heavy for caliber. Is that... I assume part of that's BC, like the guys who are uh, interested in burger are often, you know, maybe extending range or looking for highest BCs and you can get a higher BC with a heavier bullet. But is part of that discussion on going heavy for caliber because of um, the explosiveness of the bullet, um, you know, kind of that terminal impact as well? Or is it simply, you know, more for the external characteristics on on, uh, on flight?
1: Ah. Uh, this is this is, a, this is a complicated one to talk about um it's, <laughs> it's i i think it's age old at this point um you know there's, there's a lot of guys that like 270 comes to my mind the cartridge the 270 win cartridge comes to my mind when this when this discussion comes up um you know that so many people out there that are like oh 130 is all you need it's great it's so much faster but you know i have a very good friend that it, it hunts with the 270 with 150s and he gets amazing performance out of them. So I think in my, in my opinion, it's based on the external performance of the bullet. Um, And rightly so, and this is going to take a little bit of explanation, um, but because, you know, those higher, especially in the burger line, those, those heavier bullets typically always are higher performance. Right, because BC is just a ratio of a bullet's drag in relation to its weight by caliber. So, and I, I, and you talked about this with Brian. I think he used the ping pong ball versus the golf ball uh, analogy. But you know, a, a bull that's heavier is going to travel more efficiently. So that being said, they're higher performance. They're they're heavier. Um, in most cases, they're going to carry more more energy and, and transfer more to the target, you know, because of of the increased mass and the superior flight characteristics. Now there is a point of diminishing return where your cartridge doesn't have enough capacity to push that heavier bullet, you know, to a velocity that allows it to overcome the performance of a lighter bullet. Um, But that, that's not very common, especially with burger bullets. Um, You know, another example this is a good example because you can use, you know, two new burger bullets. Like, let's look at 300 Win Mag, for example. You know, it's, it's a very popular hunting cartridge. Um, so just recently, you know, we released, uh, two Elite Hunters, a 30 cal 205 grain and a 30 cal 245 grain Elite Hunter. So with the 205, you know, you're probably looking at a muzzle velocity, uh, of around 2900 somewhere in there. Uh, and then with the 245, you're probably looking at like 2650, which that's a pretty slow muzzle velocity in terms of a 300 Mag. And even though that 245 leaves the muzzle at such slower speed, it immediately takes over on, um, potential energy. You know, the BC is so much higher, the mass is so much higher. Um, and the effective range is actually farther than the 205 in that scenario, um, because, because of that BC, because of that mass, it's traveling at a, at a, um, effective velocity farther than that 205 is. If that, does that make, that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say for people that are wanting to, to learn more about that is use a ballistic calculator and, and look at the numbers. I mean, you know, Berger has a, very good and easy to use um velocity calculator uh, on their website you can import the numbers directly from a from a drop down menu and run run the calculations run the calculations with velocity and, and it's you'll figure out what you want to use pretty quickly in my opinion
0: and that's just a matter of, as you said, looking at the numbers, not only energy, but velocity. And you can uh, look at wind drift and all that and kind of making that decision for yourself of what am I looking for? What type of ranges am I expecting? Uh, and then looking at the numbers at that range.
1: Yeah, Yep. exactly.
0: I like it. It's cool that, uh, you know, <laughs> there's so many discussions on like in the field performance and personal experiences, but I always love that at least for external ballistics a lot of times you can come back to just data and look at it for yourself and make decisions um you know make comparisons not based on uh forums or somebody saying something but actually just looking at the numbers
1: yeah yeah it's it's so helpful um i i can't tell you how many (laughs) when i'm looking at you know a bold selection for for a new build of my own i can't tell you how many charts i run um like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about a 65 PRC right now, just not not for hunting applications, but just for another target um, target application. And I've ran, <laughs> I've ran the 140s against the 144s, against the 156s, against the 153s, so many times. It's it's incredible. But you learn so much, you learn so much just by and playing with elevations and temperatures and and all that stuff, you know, because you're most people aren't hunting it at zero. Um, Feet elevation. Most people aren't hunting at seventy degrees, uh, and that has a big effect on your on your effective range too. Um, you know, higher elevations, your your bullet's going to fly more efficiently. It's going to um, you know maintain its velocity to a longer range.
0: Let's talk about Lundberger bullets a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of different load development methodologies out there guys are ladder testing or doing OCW or seating depth testing. And it, it typically comes up with burgers to do some seating depth testing. And maybe that goes back more to the, the VLDs you mentioned are more sensitive to that. Whereas the classic the classic and the elite hunters aren't as sensitive to seating depth, but like, so, let's say a guy's loading an elite hunter, would you still recommend, uh, that load development begins with seating depth testing? Um, and then maybe talk about what that process looks like.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think probably the most important thing for hunters obviously is is fitting in a magazine, right? So I would say with elite hunters or or classic, classic hunters or either that have, you know, a hybrid ogive, I would start with, you know, I'd start somewhere that fits in your magazine and give yourself maybe uh 50 to 70 thousandths in your mag and you know then if you want to go do your ladder test or if you want to pick charges and go shoot groups um you can do that and you know i i i start with a ladder test uh, myself just because that that gives you uh you know an idea of a velocity range where your barrel likes to likes to shoot that bullet um and that's important especially for hunters because they're they're shooting in, in a lot of different temperatures so if you nail that nail down that velocity of range you can settle somewhere in the middle and then when you, you're shooting on a hot day you're you're still at the upper end of that range and when you're shooting on a cold day you're still at the lower end of that range um and then from there i would say that's where you can start messing with your seeding depth you can start bringing it out um it's not ever very often that a bull will perform better farther down into the cartridge. Uh it seems like they always like to be uh closer to the lands. Um, but that's that's my opinion. That's that's where I start.
0: Any other specific uh tips or things to know about loading burgers? I know that and I think this is specific to VLDs, you can correct me, but some guys uh seeding stems, you know, need to be looked at, things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the VLD, some of the VLDs do need, um, because they're so sleek and that seek and o drive is so, um, for lack of a better word, pointy, really. Um, yeah, some of those bolts do need, um, narrower seating stems. Um, or I guess a, a smaller and included angle and deeper seating stem. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. Most of the issues are, are with the VLDs. You know, there's some guys that they run them touching the land. Some guys, you know, if they, especially if they neck turn, they'll let the, the rifling seat their bullet for them, which um, I, I wouldn't recommend for many hunting applications just because you're, you're out in the field. You got so much going on. So much can go wrong. Um, But one one resource that's actually... Um, really good if you are shooting VLDs and you are struggling or you want to shoot a VLD and you're not sure about it is there's a, there's an article on the burger blog page um, that was written actually quite a while back um, by, by someone who's actually not with the company anymore, but uh, it's, it gives a lot of good information and it outlines uh, easy experiment to um, hopefully you know, let you nail down where you need to be with a VLD um, quickly, uh, if that makes sense. So I I would utilize that definitely if um, you're thinking about shooting a VLD or you're struggling with a VLD.
0: For guys who don't reload, I know that Berger's uh, been making bullets, obviously, a long time, but also into the loaded um, ammunition uh, category now and have some great offerings there. Um, one thing I was super impressed by is, you know, using Lapua brass, for example. Um, and that's, that's a great way to get started because that's a great brass you could be reusing if you do get into reloading, but maybe talk about the ammunition line, uh, itself. And then I know that also, um, you know, guys can get burger bullets loaded, um, as ammunition from other manufacturers as well, but maybe touch on, you know, burgers expansion into the ammunition line specifically and what kind of offerings are there for hunters.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're making, we're making what we think is very good ammo. Like you said, we're using, uh, quality components. We have Berger bullets. We do have some, uh, bullets with, uh, or offerings with Lapua bullets, but those are mostly all, uh, uh target skews. Um, we're using Lapua brass. Uh, we're using all CCI and federal primers at this point. Um, we use a, a, a variety of powders, uh, temperature stability, is one thing that's very big for us. You know, we do quite a bit of temperature um, testing on all of our cartridges, and that's big for, for our hunting cartridges, right? Like we talked about, you're your hunting in, in a lot of different environments. Um, and the Lapua brass, you know, it, like you said, it's quality brass. Um, you can you can use to reload later, but it also actually has a big effect on muzzle velocity consistency, that's one thing that a lot of people don't recognize. Um, w- we typically get very good um, velocity consistency with the Berger ammo. You know, uh, I've I've tested a lot of it out of just my personal guns. You know, I, I have <laughs> I have two different Krigmores uh, that this .r65 ammo shoots just as good as anything I've been able to handload for it. Um, the velocities aren't Quite as consistent you know that you're usually running in the teens out of that gun versus like single digits but as far as point of impact and precision it's it's very good and we're yeah we we, I think we have you know hunting offerings in every cartridge we're loading right now and we're we're looking to um, expand that quite a bit with some of the new bullets we've been releasing in the last year Um, but yeah yeah it's it's good stuff
0: Nice, I think we covered some good ground. Are there questions topics that come up that maybe we didn't hit on that you want to address or um newer products you want to let guys know about anything like that
1: um, i think we I think we did a good job. I think we did a good job of of covering it uh hope we uh hope we can help some people out and um and you know people can get something out of this.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. i mentioned this, uh, you know, last week in our conversation with Brian, but one thing I appreciate about burger is just, you guys put a lot of information out there too, you know, beyond the product, there's great resources. Uh, as you mentioned, ballistics, calculators, twistability, uh, and obviously you guys are doing a bunch with, uh, the, the no BS BC, uh, in the works there on just kind of breaking down what BC is and the effects of that, that guys can go check out. So, uh, appreciate all the info. I've certainly learned a lot from those resources myself.
1: Great. Yeah. Well, really excited to be on here with you guys. And uh, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate having me.
0: Guys, I hope you enjoyed that one. Don't forget all those resources we mentioned at burgerbullets.com. Also, NoBSBC, which we talked about last week with Brian Litz. Two great resources for you to check out to learn more, not only about Burger's products, but about the science and the research and all the information that they have out there about ballistics, terminal performance, and more. As always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love to see a review in iTunes or wherever else you're listening to this. And again, you can contact us directly via email to podcast at exomountaingear.com. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll talk to you soon.